Thanks. Hello, everyone. It is Monday, <laughs> April 19th, and you're tuning in to Two and a Half Hoopers, the Sean, the Sean Stevenson's favorite basketball podcast. I'm here with Josh Rhodes. Hello. And George Martin. Mavericks legend. Um, I got a pretty good show for you guys. Josh has something to do it. You think you ever? What's wrong with George? Wizards legend. Than anything. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Good show for you guys. Recap last weekend a ball. Busy, busy weekend. Despite what George might have you thinking, the NBA content is pretty solid. Um, <laughs> better. It is getting better. They, they listen to you. Then we have George's halftime, and ended off. We're going to give our favorite NBA villains in honor of uh, you know Jake Paul getting that W. Uh, remember, if you guys like what you hear, make sure to follow all our socials at Troopers, Instant Twitter. Drop a comment anywhere. We'll give you a shout out for supporting. I think Frank, I think Frankie commented again. So, VR contract, he does get a shout out. Frankie the Ace, uh, not a spot on the show though. Friday, April sixteenth, we'll get the boring games out of the way. Uh, Jazz beat the Pacers one nineteen one eleven. Uh, Pistons beat the Thunder 110-104. Nets beat the Hornets 130-115. Raps beat the Magic 113-102. Grizzlies beat the Bulls 126-115. Nuggets beat the beat someone. I'm sorry that they they beat the Brakes also on 128-199. The Bulls again. Houston, Houston. Yeah, Grizzlies beat the Bulls and Nuggets beat Houston. Uh, Blazers beat the Spurs without Dame Lillard. Uh, first game we're gonna deep dive in on is the Sixers and Clips matching up in Philly, and the Clips was a close one. Without Kawhi, uh, final 106-103. Uh, PG had another great game with 37-9-6. Well, we got to see who Doc really trusts in this game as only PG, Morris, Batum, and Reggie Jackson played over 30 minutes. You mean Tyler? Uh, geez, Louise. Uh, for the Sixers, <laughs> they continue to win games while healthy, as in beat at 36, and had more free throws than the entire Clips team. Uh, what would you guys see from this game? I'm going to take a five. George, you want to start? Do you, what, Wasn't what, it your you look ahead? ahead? Uh, Josh, been. it was Josh's, I think. No, doesn't matter to be honest. No, I'll take my look ahead. Oh, okay, my look well, ahead then, was uh, Boston Golden State. Sorry, all right, I'll take this one then. Uh, really, really interesting defensive tactic from uh, the Clippers. They went small when Embiid was on the floor, they were running Morris the five, I believe. And they were also, I would say, interesting. They were, uh, they were doubling Embiid, and his decision-making out of doubles is not that good. Can you hear that? Yeah, we can yes. hear that. The Energizer. I have no idea where that came from. Anyways. Okay. Jesus Christ. I try and mute them every time, but they keep playing. But they were doubling Embiid, and, and his decision-making out of doubles isn't that good. So that could be something going forward, because he had a few turnovers out of it, and I don't think I've seen him being doubled a lot, especially out in the perimeter. Obviously, down low, they'll do it, but in the perimeter. So that was interesting. But yeah, PG had a good game, surprisingly. No, I'm kidding. So that was interesting to see how they uh, defensively schemed against the Sixers. Yeah, so uh, center position for the Clippers, uh, Ivica Zubak, 16 minutes, Patrick Patterson, 14 minutes. Everyone else was a guard or a forward. So you kind of really went small, yeah. As far as going small there. Uh, Josh, what'd you see from here? Um, George, you said a lot of turnovers. Are you sure about that one? Well, I know that a lot of the passes weren't – they probably didn't end up going as turnovers, but there was a lot of disrupted plays out of it, which was different. Well, he still had uh, 36 on 50% shooting with 14 rebounds. Uh, No Tobias Harris. uh, I don't think Lehman really mentioned that, but 
uh, that's also that was also a big part. Uh, I mean, no Seth Curry either, but at the same time, he's been kind of struggling recently. Which no Tobias kind of Harris, no Kawhi Leonard, kind of a wash, honestly. Yes. So like I, 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 I mean it was good to, that is. it was good to see uh P uh good to see PG really uh come into full form as like the one even though they didn't get the win it's nice to see him put up thirty seven on relatively decent shooting uh a little under fifty percent this was just a good game overall kind of a wash but still a good game regardless most of the, the teams still had most of their players and honestly this this is just it's just crazy the top, how top heavy uh the nba is this could potentially be one of the finals matchups i mean possibly yeah and then uh yeah underrated pat pat peterson 14 minutes 18 off the bench i don't know what yeah. he was doing but he was getting buckets uh i want to bring and I, I don't know if i brought this as a podcast i was talking to a friend of the show jay guardhouse um about it <laughs> la clipper fan um what do you guys how do you guys feel about PG being the one on offense the Clippers and Kawhi that's being how the I two? wanted it? I, that's that's not that's the right point there. guard, like the number one option on offense. Oh. I like that also. I yeah, I'd prefer him being the number one option over being the point guard, especially now that they have Rondo. I think, especially late game, he creates a lot of action offense and uh easy shots, which they don't do well before they had Rondo. So yeah, being the first option is fine. Uh, I don't yeah, I'm fine. With so you have that. no problem with him over Kawhi on offense. Yeah, but in terms of point guard, I wouldn't have him being the point anymore. Yeah, yeah, but like I, I just started thinking. I was like, he put up buckets in Indiana, and then he went to the Thunder. Had to try and be the second option. Couldn't really fit there. Strange. Then he went to the Clippers last year. Couldn't really be the second option there. He started getting like in his head a little bit. And now with that Kawhi here, he's really coming to his own. Josh, you mentioned his nice team score 37. That's been every other night. Like this guy's been cooking. And he's got the ball in his hands a lot. Played 40 here. And yeah, I think George, I mean, obviously, I don't want him playing the one. I think me and Josh kind of bonded over that in the beginning. And then we switched up. We were like, no, actually, don't let him play the point guard position. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think, yeah, I really think especially because he's one of the best two-way guards too. So let Kawhi do a Guard, guard a lot on defense, cover those rotations, and then kind of let PG just handle on offense. Uh, you guys down for that? Yeah, and that's also kind of a knock on Kawhi Leonard's game because there's not a lot to knock on, but when he has the ball in his hands, the offense kind of comes into full stop motion. Uh, mm-hmm. With Paul George, I feel like the ball moves more fluidly. That's kind of why we had this like facade idea that he could play point guard. Now, obviously, he can't, but the ball still does move when he uh, is the number one option. And I think that if they make the playbook more dedicated to finding him as the first option, the offense would run more smoothly in my opinion. Oh uh, yeah. So just end this off here. Uh, we'll go ahead. So Clippers were missing Pat Bev, Ibaka and Kawhi Leonard. And the six were missing Seth Curry, uh, Tobias Harris, George Hill and Dwight Howard. I don't know if George Hill's played his debut yet, but he's supposed to be back on point guard. Moving on, uh, Pelicans played two OT games this weekend and lost the first one of the Wizards, 117-115. Uh, Russ had 36, 15, and 9, and Beal had 30 in the W. Well, Daniel Gafford had 18 off the bench. Uh, Zion shot 50% from the field, which is 10 below a season average, while B.I. had the green light going 12 for 27. Um, fun and important game for each team because the play and tourney. Uh, where do you guys want to go with this one? I'll start with George. Uh, a little bit of a concern for the Pelicans, especially because I picked them to make – the plan in the West and I'm concerned with their late game, just overall, just getting shots and their leadership decisiveness. They don't, I know they have BI and Zion to be like closers, but 
they even sometimes they go away from him, and just like the clutch time offense is kind of stagnant, and that's what's concerning about them. And I just don't know, especially in that next game that I think we're going to get to later. Like, the, it's almost like there's a lack of leadership with them. Like, they don't know, you know, guys are just staring off in the huddles, and they kind of just in the late late game they just have a, one or two blunders, and that loses them the game right away. Do you think that's coaching? Well, and no, because I mean, what I heard today told me it wasn't coaching. It was the players that messed up, and just situational awareness wasn't good at all either. It is a young team, though. It is, uh, yeah. Do but you, do you or I mean, is some of it on Bledsoe because he's kind of been there? That's the guy kind of, who I want. He, yeah. he he's kind of gone into the main starting point guard role, and Lonzo's kind of been kicked to the curb a little bit. We'll get to that later. Um, yeah. But is it on Bledsoe? Because I'm yeah. not a big fan of Bledsoe. And I'm going to save forward. my talking point on Bledsoe for the next game because there was something that popped up that I want to talk about. Okay, well, Josh Davey from the Pelicans this game, or should we talk a little bit Wizards? Um, I'll just say that they just, uh, I guess I'll take my point uh, for the Pelicans to the next one too, but uh, Najee Marshall, I, he, they've just been playing him all of a sudden. And I mean, he gets, he, he's got stats, but I'm going to, I'm going to talk good about the Wizards for the first time. Uh, Daniel Gafford, oh my gosh, he absolutely ruptured Zion's any chance to get anything in the paint. It was terrible watching Zion try to put stuff. I was like, who is this guy? And then I realized it was Daniel Gafford, and I was like, oh, that, more more ex-Chicago Bulls succeeding. So Daniel Gafford, yeah. me and George have been on that hype train. He needs to start. Get him in start about, instead of Alex Len, and then just just figure out what you're doing with Thomas I mean, Bryant. But Daniel maybe, Gafford's playing really good. Maybe something in Chicago's not doing so hot because that I mean, I I've, I've had my issues with the front office for a long time, but they finally made a move. They're losing, and the other, the ex uh Chicago Bulls in their new places are thriving. So Okay, well, we're not gonna talk about the Bulls in a different spot. So we'll just, we'll talk about it a little bit here. Um they hired a new front office, though. The guy that built the Denver Nuggets, AK. Um for is sure. you, is your problem with him or was it with Garpax? I think it's just with the uh, atmosphere and like the reputation they have, because it's like nobody's really changed the culture. Like it's exactly. just been that same culture. Like regardless, it's just different names under the same culture, and the culture is losing. So, so is it Billy Donovan? Because we were on here saying A plus plus. Personally, I like I like Bill, I like Billy Donovan as the coach. I just think that somebody needs to be more vocal and change the way that the Chicago Bulls come out and play because it's. It doesn't seem like anything's really being fixed there, despite the new names and the reputation that those new names bring in. And where where do you think that comes from? That where's the solution come from? Is it coaching? Is it a, a veteran player that comes in? Because they were so. like I thought like Thad Young was doing that perfectly. Like he was like he was he was the leader on the court. He was like what Rondo was supposed to be for like young teams. If Rondo gave a rat's ass about young teams, he was that's what he was supposed mm-hmm. to do with the Hawks. So. Yeah. Where do you kind of do you see that coming? I kind of agree with you there. I think they just need management on and off the court. So I think maybe finding it like a name, like I mean, they have a pretty good management. You talked about uh, the builder of the Nuggets, but I think they need that on the court as well because you know you have the superstars, but you don't have the guys that connect it together because there's always going to be kind of that separation between players and coaching and management. And if as you have those veteran players that kind of stick it all together, I think they need a few more of those. Fair enough. George, you want to talk any Wizards? No, Josh basically hit it on the head, and I like this talking point about the Bulls. I think that I, – I, I agree with that too. Who's the best player on the Wizards, George? 
Nah, we got it. Don't say Russell Westbrook. I know we love Russ, but it's Beal. If I'm building a team, I'd rather have Beal. This season, Russ has been better. (laughs) You said that? Oh, my gosh. That's just my opinion. 36, 15, and 9. Anyways. Come on, man. You're going to keep keep naming stats. It's okay, but. (laughs) Hey, I'm going to start naming wins, too. Russ, (laughs) Russ is a phenomenal number, too. Oh my goodness. All right. Um, well, the Heat and Wolves matched up and were both healthy except for the loss of Oladipo. And the Wolves pulled off the win, 119-111. Uh, Cat had 24 on good shooting. The Wolves had three players in the figures off the bench, including D'Lo, who they're still bringing off the bench. Um, I don't know if it's because it's just working or if because he's still in kind of minutes restriction and they have Rubio starting. It's minutes. Uh, it's minute restriction? Yeah. It is working, though. It's working really well. Uh, he's struggling in a variety of ways. Ways. So I'll let you guys get to that part. Um, I'll start with Josh. And you want to talk about the Miami Heat struggles, or you could go with the uh, with with what the Wolves did, right? Not- I, I mean, the Wolves just look like they know how to they know how to score. In all honesty, like they don't even have their full team, and their Anthony Edwards didn't shoot great, but they just got like all these random guys. They have Hernan Gomez and Nas Reed, and they got a lot of scoring from their bench and just all around. It seemed like everybody that they had on the court could put the ball in the basket. And that's kind of been the complete opposite picture for the heat. Tyler heroes had a very, very, very bad shooting month. Uh, one of seven tonight. He looks very stagnant uh, playing We I kind of saw it. Uh, we'll get into it maybe uh, for today, but he's just looked, he hasn't looked too great because they're starting to trust him more with the second unit completely. And he hasn't looked like he's been able to create for himself. And that's kind of an issue. Maybe that's a rotation fix that they have to adjust. Jimmy Butler did everything in his power to keep the game close, but unfortunately it wasn't enough. So yeah, rotation issue. I feel like, cause Dragic runs, runs that second unit too. So it's him and Dragic. So I don't really see an Dragic excuse. Is, he's, he's, oof, he has not been good this year. Oh, he's been mid, not as good as Bubble Drogic, but um, George, what are your thoughts on this game? So Minnesota, they won this game inside in the paint, 52 paint points, which is uncharacteristic because Miami is the number one team in uh, paint point prevention, I guess you'd say. And they won this game in the fourth, too, uh, 31-18 run the fourth quarter. Miami just they just went stagnant, like Josh said. Uh, they've had inefficient guard play basically all season. Tyler Hero was a minus 25 and they just go on these stretches where they can't hit shots. Plus minuses. I mean, I, <laughs> even if I didn't, Josh, like it's glaring. Like there's no one else. I think the next worst was minus eight from Gabe Vincent. But uh, yeah, they go on these cold stretches where they just can't hit anything, and their their offense lacks creation too at times. It, it's concerning, and especially that they can't get it done against a team like Minnesota. It it kind of worries you a little bit. But then you know they go and win another game, and you you're like, oh wait a second. Now they're good. So Minnesota also closed both halves out very strong. They were down 11 going into the second quarter, and I think they were trailing going into the fourth. Uh, they really got it done uh, to close in the second quarter and the fourth quarter. And that's kind of like – that's kind of a good thing. Like you feeling good, and then you start to struggle. I'd like to see that completely throughout the game because this team could be very dangerous if they're able to com- keep that consistent energy that they had in the second and fourth quarters for the other two. That's a very dangerous team in my opinion. Yeah, Josh is right. They uh, won the second quarter by 11 and won the fourth quarter by 13. 
Uh, George, I want you to guess. It's not a trick question or anything. Uh, we've talked about how the Miami Heat offense holds them back. Yeah. Um, s- since uh, March 26th, what do you think the highest point they've scored in a game is? 115. What, 116 against Ooh. the uh, Gold- Golden State Warriors. Didn't they lose um, They won that game. Oh, okay, because I know they lost in at Golden State. But, uh, um, yeah. You you gave him a clap. It's twenty twenty one. Oh yeah, everyone wow. scores that. Yeah, like it's a big. Are we underestimating how much Oladipo means to this team on both sides of the ball? I mean, because we haven't been... really given them any sort of pass for that because he didn't really have a role in the team and they don't really they not really give up a lot to get him. So it's kind of the same if team. He's going to be the third option though. How much are you expecting out of him? Are you you're still so clapping like at how right? close George was? Ah okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's he he has a point though. Like it's a it's a valid question, but I mean, is he going to be an initial creator? I don't think so. I thought he'd be more of an off ball. You know, I, I think guy. he is. That's he, he is, but in this system, I like it more when it runs through Jimmy because I think that's when they're you know at their best. I guess even though the the numbers kind of don't reflect it, but I don't know. It, it, you you can run through Jimmy in in crunch time. They're running through Jimmy the whole game, and they're racking up these L's. Yeah, but it also it also stems on you know their their two, three main guards shooting one for seven, two for eight every game. There's only so much Jimmy can do. Nobody's afraid of the guard play anymore. Everybody kind of is accepting that. I think if they bring in Oladipo, just his uh, threat as a just a slasher and just all around score brings a different uh game plan requirement for the opposite team and obviously you can still run through jimmy they're gonna still run through jimmy at the end of the game like lehman said but i mean i just for these like dead periods the second third quarter like where there's not where you're just trying to keep your pace throughout the game i think oladipo is a very crucial part of their game plan yeah i have high hopes for oladipo uh to kind of raise their offensive ceiling and i think it'll kind of Nudge on that. I don't know how much my hopes will get realized, but uh, yeah, moving on. Uh, the Knicks started off the weekend with a win against the Mavs, 117-109. Had to do with uh, a guy that George did not have in his top five big men, uh, Julius Randle, 44-10. Uh, I don't care that you uh, faked your amends uh, a few podcasts ago and said, oh, yeah, he's top 10 now. I'll never let you forget it. 44-10 and 10, uh, I... for Julius Randle. Oh, my uh, God. Chris Dapps Porzingis continues to get cooked by every player that comes at him. He cannot, this guy can't play a lick of defense. It's hard to watch. Uh, Knicks look great, great in this game as they shot 50% from three and had great defense as usual. Well, not struggled to get anything going that didn't involve Luca. Uh, 22 <laughs> points and 19 assists. I wanted to find points responsible for, but I guess that's only a 2K stat. It's <laughs> not in the NBA game time app, uh, but I would assume it's a lot. Uh, what say you guys from this game? Let's start us off here. <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, <laughs> 44. 44. Not top 10, big man. <laughs> oh, man, George, you crack me up. RJ Barrett <laughs> played almost the whole game. I think he sat down, took a sip of water, and the Mavericks started doing stuff, and Tom Thibodeau threw him right back in the fray. But that's good. I think he needs the, just a big log of minutes. I'm honestly kind of upset with Luka at this game to be honest, because this is a game they definitely were in the running for most of the time. Uh, even though the Knicks played a phenomenal game, I think Luca kind of had a Steve Nash-esque game where he was a bit too passive scoring-wise. And obviously they were, obviously, we talked about him game planning, but when you have 19 assists, I don't know. 
it just the it, it feels it feels like a bit much which which is crazy to even think about and it wouldn't be a harp on any other player but it's Luka Doncic so I feel like I have to be a little bit critical of it but uh, again Knicks played probably the best game right here <laughs> that they played all year here goes Josh protecting one of his guys Jalen Brunson minus 20 oh, he, in 16 minutes <laughs> he was bad he was bad they took him out the game early yeah, he, yeah, he was not good. In most game. games the Mavs win, Jalen Brunson plays well. He's a key piece for them. Um, yeah. I don't know like wh- what you're really on to because they were playing Luka really well on defense. And, I mean, he, he tried forcing it two for nine from three. Could have been a lot worse, but he became passive. And I think as a star, I kind of agree with you that way. But watching the game film on this one, I kind of just saw it. I mean, he was making the right pass. I mean, it, he – he kind of like George knows he, he was playing like how LeBron plays in like some first quarters where he just comes out. He's like, I ain't shooting. And she, she, yeah. that, that's how, that's how it was. And, and also I keep, I, I keep, I have to keep apologizing to the Knicks. Cause I keep saying, Oh, they've played their best game. I think that's the best they're going to get. And then like a week or two later, they play an even better game. This. Yeah. And ooh. they're, uh, they're, they're running Alfred Payton in the starting lineup. He's not good, but it's nice seeing Dero's at the bench 15 in this but game. The thing or, is, he plays the, the first quarter and he's out. Yeah, it's weird. And then you got R.J. Barrett, Reggie Bullock, and Ju- Julius Randle, 40 apiece. And like you mentioned, R.J. Barrett, 46. I've seen a lot of stuff that I like from R.J. Barrett. Um, I know you like him because you're a Duke guy. Um, I'm, I used to be. I can't really you used to root for them anymore. <laughs> but um, R.J. Barrett showed me a lot. And he's only a second-year guy, right, Zion draft? Mm-hmm. They got something special in their hands that way. Uh, George, I don't know if you're just on TikTok or something because you're on your phone or if you're doing research. So I'll let you have uh, the floor here. Uh, no, I was letting you guys do the whole uh, play-by-play. I just want to ask a question about Dallas. Where do they go in the future with Porzingis? Because he hasn't been that good. I know he's recovering from a knee flip injury. Him. You flip him. I don't. Exactly. That's the thing. The Knicks won the trade. Who would have thought? This dude cannot play They won defense. the trade and replaced him with a better power forward. And you can't, you can't surround Luka Doncic with players that don't play defense because Luka, he doesn't play defense either. So it, it's just – it's hard to watch because every single time we're doing a podcast, I'm seeing Vucevic, uh, like Vucevic against the Mavs, eat. Uh, Valanciunas against the Mavs, eat. Like any physical center, he, he, he just can't play any defense. And his rotations are wacky. He can't go the pick and roll either. I'd rather have Boban out there if I could keep it a dollar, would you? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, 20, 23 and 12 here, A for 20, but he's kind of being force-fed by Luca, and he can really get a shot anytime he wants because he's just okay, so damn tall. Wait, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. The slander on Chris Porzingis is a bit much because you're going to give guys like Nikola Vucevic a break, and they play basically the same amount of defense at the same skill level. No, no, they don't, no. Yes, they do, they do. No, they don't, no. They absolutely Porzingis do. is too damn lanky. He's he's He can't guard in the post. Vucevic will get a stop one out of ten times. Porzingis won't guard. He, just, he There's no... Zero out of ten, eight out of ten. He just won't guard. And then you got Maxi Kleber rotating. They're starting three white guys. You can't do that. You can't do that in modern NBA. Someone check Mark Cuban. Oh, Mark Cuban loves those Europeans. Um, break the bank. Yeah, I mean, Luca twenty two nineteen fun there. Just run a little show. Uh, Saturday, April seventeenth. Uh, Lakers beat the Jazz one twenty seven one fifteen. More on that later. Uh, Wizards beat the Pistons one twenty one one hundred. And Bulls finally get a win. This time being the Cavs one hundred six ninety six. Uh, no Zach Levine still obviously. Uh, game of the night was Celtics beating the Warriors one nineteen one fourteen. 
not a lot of stats to name here, so I'll just start you guys off by saying Tatum had uh, 44 in the win and Steph had 47. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Juan Toscano Anderson. Hurt, good play. Uh, I'll let you guys take the rest of this game. Josh. Well, this was my look ahead, and it did not disappoint. I uh, wasn't expecting a Jalen Brown absence, but oh, my gosh. <laughs> I I said it was either going to be who can stop uh, the star players or who's just going to score more points, and <laughs> it was really Steph Curry versus Tatum. Works. And the support for – I both players weren't too great. I mean, they both had a couple of players over double digits, but I think uh, Marcus Smart played probably the most pivotal uh, portion of the game, especially toward the end. Uh, he's he's just been he he's been a very 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 big piece uh, when he shoots the ball properly because the his whole the whole harp on his game uh, up until recently was just like oh he's such a great defender. I mean, I can't really say too much because Curry had 47, but he's such a great defender and he's not able to score. So he's kind of useless. But now recently he's been hitting threes. He's been doing a lot of great things for the Celtics. And this was just a this was just a really good game. <laughs> Obviously, Steph Curry 11 threes. Oh my he's gosh. I'm telling you, he's breaking it this like season. He, Before he, I let he, uh George talk about this game, Jabari Parker made his debut. They might have some here. They might eleven points, five of six. Um, he, I mean, he can come and he can give you fifteen a night uh, minutes. That is not points. Um, and then, I mean, they're they're really grasping at straws for any big man contribution they can get. And he can play the he can play the four. He's an actual four. Um, he got yeah. run here because no no Robert Williams. And then obviously the the, uh, the guard play was lacking with Jalen Brown, and Evan Fournier. But uh, yeah, started semi Ojale. That was fun. Uh, George, what did you see from this one? How much more is is it going to take for you guys to realize Steph needs more out of his teammates? <laughs> no, he needs more. We don't. We know we've talked about this, but it's just that you talking about getting new guys. Hmm. All right. I mean, Wiggins eight for fifteen. I mean, everyone you're talking about shot over fifty percent. Draymond Green five points. Don't you need twelve to fourteen out of Draymond? You're going to trade him because he didn't get twelve. No, I'm just yeah, like. I, I don't know what's up with Draymond because all game he'll go, you know, he'll have wide open three point opportunities and he won't take anything or mid ranges or layups. But, you know, come crunch time, he, he's taking these wild layups and Baysmore is missing free throws. I mean, they start attacking our players. Steph Curry, three assists. <sighs> I don't know. He, he had to be the number one, number two and number three guy for them to even be close to this game. He he had the ball had to be in his hand and he had to be shooting. In order for them to even almost win this game, but uh, (laughs) yeah, I mean, not much to take away from this besides the stars being the stars. But uh, yeah, it's Boston. Let's let's not forget. I believe they're on a six or seven game win streak. They're up to the four seed. So you know, look look out for them. They've they've kind of made some noise this past stretch. Uh, Oh, sorry, they're back down to the five seed. Uh, (laughs) The The Hawks won today. But George on the nose, six game winning streak, eight and two in the last ten. Pr- pretty damn solid. Oh, their stars back. Slander recently. JT and JB have been literally carrying them to victories. D- Danny Ainge is responsible for the losses. The players are responsible for the W's. Okay, of course. Danny Ainge goes. did not go out there and score forty four and then sit with his kid post game. That's not okay, how honestly, it goes. Uh, how it goes. Shout out, shout out J Sports though. But recently, Kemba Walker has been playing more of a. He did hit the dagger. Uh, 
uh, I kind of like that. I kind of like how he doesn't feel like he needs to be incorporated in the scoring portion of the offense. 26 to uh, against the Warriors, but recently he's been kind of taken a backwards because he had a, a game where he shot only seven shots, and I think that's a really big step. Uh, do you know how many assists he had in that game? Because I was talking to Jay Sports as well. If he's going to go to the take a back seat as far as scoring wise, which I think he should, he needs to contribute as far as running the offense and sh- sharing the ball well, because that was on the floor for. Yeah, well, he got a lot of teammate two uh, K teammate grades past assists. Marcus Smart got the ladder of the assist tonight, but I you can kind of see it when you watch the film that he's kind of more the orchestrator, and it doesn't really matter. I think it's more like a. Uh, watch the film rather than read the stats type of assist numbers for Kemba Walker. Ah, no more stat heads here. We watch game film. Uh, George, <laughs> anything else to add from here? Good, good game. Uh, moving on, Memphis Grizzlies are now 7-3 and three in the last 10 after beating a healthy Bucks team, 128-115. Grayson Allen and Dylan Brooks scored 47 on 65% shooting, and they got help from the bench, having two players score over 15. Uh, problem for the Bucks was no bench scoring as the – Least amount of scoring for a starter was Milton with 16, and the most for the bench was Pat Connington with seven. Uh, quickie here, uh, but just takeaways from here. I'll start with George. Haven't heard from him. Uh, you know, I'm the, the Bucks apologist here, but their defense, I've harped on this a lot. It's a little bit inconsistent, more to my liking, because, you know, they're a top seed in the East, and they're kind of just getting the the doors blown off against these some teams. Memphis is obviously a good team, nothing to take away from them. But, I mean, there's just been games where – they're giving up a ton of these points, and then their offense can't recalibrate that, and that's what's concerning most. And the defensive scheme from Bud is a little bit concerning too, because you know, you guys know what I like from uh, from the Bucks. So, I, I'm. It doesn't concern me wholeheartedly. I, I think they'll end up being fine, but the the lapses they have on the defensive end have been concerning a little bit this season. Well, just answer this question for me then: Are they bored, or is there legit concerns here? Because they are. They, they don't have a title hangover, number one defense hangover, where like, eh, we'll get it going when we have to. It's interesting because there, there's a lot of times where they lock in and they look they look really good. They've beaten, you know, some contenders, but it's just it, – it could be that, and a lot of teams have gone through that, times where they just, you know, have the lapses, like I said, and they don't look like themselves. So I guess I'll put most of the stock into that, but I do have a little bit of concern that it's not just, you know, being bored or whatever. Okay. Uh, Josh, where do you stand on the Bucks' defensive woes? Um, I think they're good enough. Uh, they are inconsistent, like George said, and I'm still not sure if they can ramp it up, but I feel like that's kind of what they're going for. So I don't, I'm not too hard of a judge until playoff time comes for Milwaukee's defense. Okay, and then, yeah, it's quickie here, so let's touch on the Grizzlies real quick. Um, do you see them getting out of the plan, getting no. a real playoff spot? No, no. I think they, I think they stay eight or nine. But do you think like they get 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 an actual playoff spot, or do you think they lose in? Oh, the do I think? Yeah, no. I, I definitely think they can win. And you know, with kind of Memphis or not Memphis, Dallas struggling, I would probably take Memphis over over Dallas in a play. Josh. They play the Warriors right now. Oh, um, yikes! So uh, uh, let's revisit that. Well, so well, George brought up. I think I've just mishandled the whole playing tournament. Seven and seven and eight play each other. Nine and ten. Seven right? and eight play each other, and then nine and ten play each other. Because what happens is the oh, loser of seven eight plays the winner. I had it wrong too, 10. Josh. No, 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 I thought that too. I thought it was seven versus ten, eight versus nine. No, the loser of seven versus eight 
plays, plays the winner, winner of nine and ten and for the eighth spot. And then the winner of seven eight gets the seventh. Yes. Gotcha. Okay, so they'll play the Mavericks right now. Um, I, they could definitely do it. I don't think they will. I think Mavericks are too offensively talented. But I would take the Grizzlies because Valanciunas has that boy's number. Porzingis. Everybody's got Chris that's Porzingis' number. Give me twenty and twenty from Jonas Valanciunas if they match up. Oh, and Jaw. Oh, Jaw plays so good. Yeah. Uh, after a thrill against the Blazers, moving on here. The Spurs clock the Suns. Right in the Kissa, uh, 111.85 without DeMar DeRozan. Spurs had six players, noble figures, and now the Suns a 22% shooting from three, which is the key to beating them. Uh, Super 3 and Booker both shot 30% from the field, and as a team lost the assist battle. Suns are the only team to really not be resting any players or battling an injury bug, so every loss they really get here, I kind of don't like give an excuse for. Um, especially, I mean, no DeMar DeRozan for the Spurs. You could say they're bored, but um, I want to hear what you guys think. Take away from this one, uh, Josh. I mean... The Spurs are – I don't know. I don't know how I feel about the Spurs. They're, they're, really weird. they're a weird team. I mean, you said no no DeRozan, and uh, it's just – I think the, the Suns honestly just <laughs> – they gave up early. Yeah. Uh, they were just getting demolished, and, and they, they found no point to keep going. Uh, but – the I think I'm gonna use Friday as a better example. Like you look at the bot, you look at the score, and it's like, oh, it's a close game. Uh, no Damian Lillard for the <laughs> Portland Trailblazers. I I don't know. Like the Spurs will they'll do this thing where it's like, oh, they look really good, and they'll be like, oh, they're capable of beating or upsetting a lot of teams, and then they'll just lose like games they should win. And this I th- I think this this is a game that they just had to make as a statement. But I don't know. The Spurs just kind of interest me, <laughs> in all honesty. I think you're I'm describing so a classic 500 basketball team. Yeah. Or just they're hot, hot and cold. Yeah, but and they have Mike Popovich, and they have all-star DeMar DeRozan, and you would think that they'd be a bit better with the combination, but they're not. I it's still in the not West. Really, I'm still really not a big fan of their three-guard combo, especially when they have Jakob Pertl and the three guards. Mm, but I have but, to disagree with you there. That's perfectly fine. I I just haven't been a fan of that for the longest time, and uh, I don't know. It it kind of rubs me the wrong way. But you know, Suns Suns another Suns meltdown. But another yeah, not too much from the game. They've had a couple, George. Yeah, who hasn't this season? Uh, Josh was trying to calculate what the heck happened that game. I think it was just a trap game. Just you know, they didn't want to get up for it because I mean, the Spurs also didn't have DeRozan, so. Those those type of games are typical trap games, and you know, it, with this season too, it, it's hard to get up. And you see a team without their star guy, you're like, eh, you know, we'll go out there, and they kind of, and like Josh had once it was to a point where it was like, you know, they were down double digits. It's like, are we really going to try and come back? I am kind of disappointed though because the Spurs, seeing that you know, or not the Spurs, the Suns, seeing that uh, Mitchell just went down and, and the Jazz were resting, could have been perfect opportunity for them to get that one seed, unless. Unless they're trying to avoid the Lakers in the second round of the playoffs, which we're going to see some elite, you know, like schedule shifting. But uh, yeah, nothing to take away from this game analytically. I mean, yeah, I'm not trying to push some San Antonio agenda. No player on the Suns played over 30 minutes. It was over before it started. I mean, honestly, uh, I believe it was the second quarter. Yeah, Spurs are up by nine in the first quarter. 
They're up by 19 by halftime. Oh, yeah. It, no, nobody yeah, was, it, it, it was done, so you're not going to be Chris Paul out there. Chris Paul but was out of halftime in slides. He was I did hard. watch the first half. Didn't see anything I liked from the Suns when they actually had their star players out there. But I don't like, think you're worried from this. Just a little trap game. game. I'm not worried about the Suns. No, no way in hell. I bet if the Jazz lost this game, though, George would be all over it. I guarantee it. <laughs> but uh, moving on to Sunday, um, Pacers beat the Hawks 129 117. Good Trey Young game. Uh, he, he needed this. Uh, Hornets beat the Blazers 109 101. Uh, Rockets beat the Magic 114 110. And God, I hope no one watched that game. Uh, Kings beat the Mavs 121 107 due to a 45 point second quarter. Uh, it's not a good weekend for the Mavs. Uh, and Clips beat the Clips beat the Timberwolves 124-105 in Kawhi's return. Uh, we would talk about it, but he just did Kawhi things, and it's Timberwolves. Uh, Pelicans fell to 0-2 in overtime games this weekend after they lose to the Knicks 122-112. Uh, Julius and Zion both battle and each had over 30. The Pelicans let too many of the other guys get going, including four other players besides Randall scoring double figures, and Taj Gibson shipping in 14 of those sweet, sweet rebounds. Uh, we could talk about the weird rotation SBJ has been running with, uh, we could talk about the Falcons playing odds, or we could talk about something on the Knicks side. Uh, I'll start with Josh. Um, I'm going to start with the Stan Van Gundy coaching-esque. I know George wanted to kind of attack this point, but before he does, I'm going to say that Stan Van Gundy has a rough history of getting his players to cooperate. So I don't really blame a young team like this, especially considering the fact that his rotation involves playing Lonzo Ball not in the fourth quarter. Uh, or in crunch time, for that matter, uh, Najee Marshall. Or if again. it is crunch time, uh, you rest the whole fourth quarter in the last minute. Go, go out there, go do yeah, something. Go ahead, go ahead, come back from down seven. That the deficit that we made the whole fourth <laughs> quarter. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of difficult, and you know, Eric Bledsoe's kind of had his character issues in the past. I don't want to be here tweeting. Uh, it was so. about a hair salon. It was about a hair salon. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I mean, they're young. Uh, the cooperation issues, I think that might be a concern. I think they kind of need to get a guy that's more relatable to the young guys. Uh, Stan Van Gundy is a great coach in his own ways, but not for a team like this. And it's kind of shown in some of these crunch time moments. So the, the Pelicans need like a backwards hat type of guy. To they need up. like a Kyle. No, you remember the, remember our I-9 coach like a few years ago? He had, they came with the backwards hat. He was like 17. Just yeah. let us do whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. like that. They need to just be like, okay, here, like Ty Lue coaching, but like a guy with who like plays guitar, where like he just draws like stick figures and he's like really cool to go to drinks up the games like that. Is that what you want? Not too laid back, but like, <sighs> kind of like a. Um, I'm trying to think of a good example. Oh, uh, Luke Walton. You know how I mean, the oh. laid back coach goes. You know how that normally goes. <laughs> Maybe like a Richard Jefferson type character. Like a like a smart like a very smart and well respected. Uh, yeah, like a player coach, even that might be that might be very good actually uh, for them. Mark Jackson, shoot, no. throw Grant Hill in there. <laughs> I mean, like let's, honestly, let's have JVG and SVG on the same staff. I feel like that would work. That that act Zion Williamson might has uh, before we get to George because he also has a point here. Uh, is Dwight the only guy that SVG's really ran out of town? No, or, he had a, uh, he had Pistons years. Yeah, but did he run anyone like? out of town that one they didn't have much success he ran every detroit fan out of town that's true i remember he was like we're gonna treat andre drummond like dwight howard in place the four i'm like oh jesus christ all right george (laughs) um what do you want to attack from this game so yeah uh late in the game there was a few mishaps that just basically lost new orleans the game and it falls under that leadership 
you know, late game IQ thing I was talking about. So Stan Van Gundy told Eric Bledsoe to foul D Rose uh, while they were up three because, you know, foul when you're up three they take two shots they didn't have any timeouts either the next you're a big fan of that you love doing that they would have had to go the length of the floor you know assuming the pelicans had made both free throws you know down three it's a heave and whatever happens happens uh bledsoe admitted in the postgame presser that uh he was just not focusing in the huddle and forgot <laughs> like straight up he just forgot and there was also another blunder that uh lonzo uh when d rose was driving in he helped off and then D-Rose kicked it out for an open three. You should, you kind of have to know, okay, we're up three. They're down by three. There's Give two seconds. The two. It's getting There's kicked out. Sets. And they have no timeouts either. You inbound the ball. Even if you were to miss one or both, it's a full court heave. So it's just, and this has been all season. They've blown the most double digit leads, I believe. I know they've blown like, you know, double digit, double digit leads. So it's been a problem all year with their leadership. I know they're young, but I just wish guys like, you know, uh, Bledsoe and Adams would just be more of like the all right guys, especially Adams because he's been deep in the playoffs too, and so is Bledsoe. Just be like, hey, focus up. We got to do this right now. Let's go get the W, and then we can do whatever after. So and that's going to be something they're going to have to address in the off season. And I don't know what what the roster will look like because I don't know if guys like Bledsoe and Adams will be back. But that's been the biggest concern with the Pelicans. And with that, I I'm not as confident they'll make the plan. But like anything could happen as well. It, it would take like kind of a a fall from the Spurs because that's the only team I could see falling out. Yeah, so I was looking like a fool when I was like, yeah, Sacramento, uh, they're going to make the play-in. Uh, the Pelicans are closer to Sacramento at the 12th seed than they are to the Spurs at the 10th seed. Three games back, correct? Yeah, three games back, and then Kings are five games back total. So Kings are making it. But uh, it's um, close. I'm like two games from saying I, they're done. I have. I, I feel like this play-in tournament has done a lot. As far, I mean, it, it gives us content for our podcast because we don't be talking about 11 seed like uh like unless we have this play-in tournament. But it's also giving an excuse. Like if it was still the 18 playoffs, this would be a lost season for the Pelicans. Like this would be an absolute fail, an epic fail, no bacon moment for the Pelicans if there was no play in <laughs> tournament. Like the 11 seed when you have a guy averaging 26 and you're yeah, cringe. literally stack numbers. The most seed. cringe part to, uh, of an NBA like team is when you're playing veterans over young guys, Bledsoe <laughs> over Lonzo, um, and still losing. So that you're not getting development and you're not getting wins. So, I mean, if you're not getting either of those, what's the point of even basically what the, the story of the Warriors too, although, you know, Steph is just putting them on their back. So it's different. Oh yeah. I, I would much rather see Nico Mannion uh, starting at the point guard spot over Steph Curry. So he get those sweet developmental minutes. Um, yeah. Uh, next up, we're going to cheat and combine two games in the weekend that were similar, which were Lakers jazz. Hello, George. Um, and the heat and nets game, both games involve playoffs teams are missing big. And I mean, Big pieces. Uh, both turned out to be pretty entertaining games. Lakers Jazz went to overtime uh, due to then a shooter layup to tie it up in, in regulation. And uh, Bam out of the bio. Uh, big, big green money mid range. Uh, tied, tied at 107. He had a little shimmy step back over. Who was it over? Do you remember? Was it over? Jeff Green. Jeff oh, JG. Oh, uh, they show like his heart transplant picture like two minutes before it happened. I was like, this is cold. Um, but yeah. I'll let Josh kind of tackle the um, Heat Nets game, and then you'll get your chance, George. But uh, we'll start with Josh here. Why does Kevin Durant not miss? He played like one game and went perfect, <laughs> and today he went perfect. I tur- I went. I was watching the game, and I was like, "Oh, great! It's over! It's over!" And then he got hurt. 
Eight points in four minutes. Come on, man. Come on. <laughs> yeah. As, as, as soon as his body works. Oh, no. Oh, no. I keep forgetting how dominant he is. It is. Well, do they need his body to work? Landry Shamit, 30 piece. 30. 30, 30 piece. Mouse. I was about to get <laughs> to Mickey that. Mouse game. Mickey Mouse style. I don't, I don't not know what. I'm honestly amazed that the Nets didn't win this game solely because of how many people they had score the ball. I mean, their bench was kind of, ugh. Nick Claxton, cringe. Four points cringe. in 23 minutes. That's cringe. Uh, I mean, this is a very big win for Miami with no Jimmy Butler. Uh, but again, this is kind of a wash game, I would say. Uh, mm-hmm. Not too not too many impressive things. Bam had a very good game, including the game winner. But Jimmy did make a good point that Bam has kind of played a passive role while Jimmy's in there, uh, where he kind of settles more soft. for jumpers. <laughs> yes, he. Uh, that's the exact <laughs> word. But, uh, yeah, going for more mid-range shots rather than attacking the basket. And I know he's a little bit at a height disadvantage for, like, a true center. But he's a strong dude. And I think that he definitely can get more aggressive uh, in the paint, especially especially with, like, offensive rebounds. Instead of resetting, just put it back up. He has the George syndrome, kind of, where he doesn't really uh, grab the rebound and put it back up. He kind of just, you know a little bit conservative and I, I would like to see that uh, more aggression from Bam, but otherwise this is a really much needed win for Miami. Go ahead. So, for the uh, jazz well, I have one thing I want to uh, talk about uh, when in the halftime, we announced the uh, LaMarcus Aldridge um, retirement. Um, George kind of tiptoed around it because like, I mean, rightfully so it was a pretty big health thing. You didn't want to talk basketball memories and stuff. We're about a week removed from that. And they're starting Blake Griffin at center. Um, why? Do you think they're going to miss LaMarcus? Or, I mean, still uh, no DeAndre Jordan this game. Uh, DNP coach's decision. Decision. Um, but, I mean, they're still a very deep team, but do you think they're going to miss LaMarcus, LaMarcus more than we uh, think? Um, I don't think so because he was just on the rotation for such a small amount of time. He's like a I, – I think that we're just holding a he, – he did show some uh, bright lights, but I think this is just kind of like a – I don't really think that's too big of an issue in my opinion. They didn't have him for enough to where the impact is long-lasting. I think the players that they have behind him should just be able to step up and do what he was doing for them. Fair enough. Uh, George. All right, man. All right. What? Lakers, Lakers Jazz. Overtime. No LeBron AD. No Mike Conley. Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert. But I'm sure you still have a lot Adam of thoughts. Adam Silver's NBA, everybody. Uh, no, so – the game was trending looking like a, a pretty big Lakers win. The Jazz had like double-digit turnovers in the third quarter, and Lakers defense basically just turned it up a notch, which we've seen all year. So, you know, Lehman and I – Lehman actually FaceTimes me, and we watched the fourth quarter. We're thinking, oh, this game's over. Lakers go on a uh, just dry spell. And they've done that a lot, uh, even with LeBron and AD a little bit. The offense has been concerning this season, but the defense has been so elite that it, nobody has really, like, talked about it as much. And yeah, they they went on a dry spell. Overtime uh, was forced, and then they just blew it open in overtime. And that that was that was all she wrote. So I mean, what? Uh, yeah, Utah twenty sixteen run the fourth. Yeah, and LA seventeen to five run in the overtime period. So, it, game of runs, as they say. But did you really see anything uh, from this game? No, I mean it was it was looking like the Lakers defense had won them yet another game, but then the offense said not so fast. But uh, yeah, Jazz Jazz three point shooting is definitely something, and that's going to be it. 
whatever happens with <laughs> with that in the playoffs is going to dictate what happens with them because they came out firing and you know in the fourth they were hitting too so we'll, we'll see how that holds up because that's their biggest uh i'd say their biggest consistency basically this season yeah, just to, just to name some, Ursan Yasova, 30 minutes, 20 points. Uh, Joe Ingles, 20, 20 points, 14 assists. <laughs> uh, Jordan Clarkson, 27, including the uh, – it would have been the game-winning three unless uh, Dennis should hit that. So, yeah, entertaining game, both of them, but not a whole lot to uh, – to, to really to really put into it. Joe Mickey. Um, to end the recap, another quickie involving uh, the East play-in race. Uh, Raps and Wizards both uh, went 2-0 this weekend, uh, and that means we have a three-way tie for the tendency between the Raps, the Bulls, and the Wizards. Raps right now, as of Monday, they're in there. So I don't know if they have a tiebreaker or if that's just how the standards are. Let's go. Going. But um, call your shot, guys. Uh, you already know my answer. but You know my that, answer, right? Who's getting that 10 seed? Well, George, tell us your answer. Wizards. All right. Then we're in agreement. Josh, it's time. Just to change yeah, the Wizards. I'm staying with the six. I hope you get the Drake curse on Spotify now because it, of it that. It can't be the six. It can't. Any what reason is, it's is, a six besides you don't want to pick the Wizards? Um, They've looked pretty decent. Six and four in their last ten. Uh, Won three in a row. And a lot of the games that they've lost have been because uh, they've just missed a buttload of players but Gary Trent's been a very nice addition as much as I used to slander him uh he's been a very good especially on the scoring end of it uh very nice on both ends uh I think that they have a shot I think they have the best coach out of the three uh and you know they might be well set for it they might make that late push and uh, if they play Indiana trying to I mean, uh, some Mickey Mouse wins in two of their last three. Uh, the Orlando Magic and the Oklahoma City Thunder, who are not trying to win games. The Raptors aren't either, but someone has to win the game. So, Didn't I mean, the Wizards play the struggling Pelicans and the Pistons and the Kings? I never defended their uh, their wins. I just said they're They're literally wins. trying to tank, Josh. Just give it up. They've rested <laughs> like Siakam and Lowry the past three games. They, Gary Trent simply wants to make the play-in. <laughs> Gary Trent wants the green light where all the Raptors players go back to Toronto and he gets to just shoot 50 shots in Tampa <laughs> with Lakers summer league legend Matt Thomas just running right next to him in the guard spot. Matt Thomas is on the Jazz. Oh my goodness! He was he did play for the Raptors though he did he did and he did play um, for the Raptors at one well, point. Before I get anyone and any coaches wrong, any teams wrong, I'm going to go to George's halftime report. Uh, halftime for two reasons. Uh, only one today. Uh, George's the half hooper. George halftime now. So uh, an article came out from GQ magazine because I guess uh, Ben Simmons was, was modeling or something, but uh, he said that he was the depoy, and there was a few interesting talking points I want to talk about, and then I'm going to get your guys' opinion on who should win. He said, I was supposed to guard KD in their game against the Nets, and then he said, the next person I'm guarding is Kyrie Irving. Who's doing that? Not many players are doing that, and to be doing it at a high level. And then the announcer says, didn't Kyrie have 37? <laughs> ben Simmons responds with a me type of comment. Yeah, but we won, and his plus minus was negative and it was a minus 13. And also I want to add that uh, Joel Embiid also said he believes he's the deep boy. So the Sixers, they don't they don't even know what's going on. But uh, I want to get your opinion on those quotes and then who you guys think is going to be the deep boy. So uh, what's up, Lehman? So 
Ben Simmons was a minus one in this game. <laughs> but he won. He won he, though. Yeah, because his his friend uh, from you know over the sea, Joel Embiid, had an insane game, thirty nine and thirteen. And Kyrie had uh, the help of oh uh, Uncle JG, fifteen points. Um, oh Landry Sham at seventeen points. So he really should have pulled out the win there. Um, I agree. I like my def- most time. I I defend the guy that can guard multiple positions. You know the Draymonds, the perimeter players that play defense because. You know, I we don't need to keep seeing Rudy Gobert win game win deep depoys. Although I have him winning this year, but yeah, it was so corny bringing up the plus minus and then like like he's trying too hard. Like Harden was just like I'm the MVP, and he just no, that was that. Now he, you don't need to do a GQ interview to to say you're the depoy. It's corny. He wants Kendall Jenner back. He's got to do a you know a fancy uh, fashion magazine. What do you think, Josh? Um, I'm a little bit on the opposite side of this. Uh, he kind (laughs) of, that was kind of a cringe defense defense. Uh, it was like a George, uh, defense (laughs) in terms of, uh, what he said, but I do think that he should probably win it. I I have him as my number one. I, I I think it kind of has to do with my hatred for Rudy Gobert but man, it, there's got to be some sort of voter fatigue, man. Like he's just, just like they just hand it to him on a silver platter. What? Because he's seven one, blocks easy shots and rebounds a lot. Like, come on, man. Like half the league does that. Nerlens Noel does what Rudy Gobert does for a team that's not as good as the Utah Jazz. But are the Utah Jazz the number one seed? Yes, I, I mean, I meant the Knicks. Yes, oh, no. Yes, oh, no. 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 Oh, no. no. But, yeah, he he mentioned, you know, uh, won the game. He has the MVP on his team. And he mentioned plus minus and Kyrie was a minus when he was also a minus in the plus minus. No, no, that interview, that interview, he sucked. That that was that sucked and that was cringe. But aside from that interview, he Shout was a reporter for not just giving in. Didn't he have 37? He stared at him. <laughs> Simmons, Didn't he have 37? The the transcript of the article said, Simmons stares at me. <laughs> so moving on to our last one, another player pod interview thing. I, I really dig these like, you know, player interviews, player podcasts. We need we need more of them because it fuels our halftime. But uh someone asked Kevin Durant his top five teammates he ever played with, and there was a little bit of controversy. So you know, no interruptions. He named Kyrie, Harden, Steph, Clay, Ibaka. And he had to think about Ibaka. He's like, hmm, you know, I'm going to go with Serge. Like, he's like, who am I forgetting? He went with Serge. The host later on said, oh, that's interesting. You, you didn't, uh, both of them said, you, you left out someone that we thought would be on there. And Katie's like, who? And he's like, you know, Russ from LA. And because, you know, that's where Russ is from. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot Russ. Yeah, no. He's like, uh, switch Russ to four, put Clay at five, and take out Surge. So, is this cap? Like, did he actually forget, or, or you think it, it still beef there? Josh, what are you thinking? No, I don't think so. I mean, I, I, he did say he was tripping, and you know how, you know how some basketball players like to get <laughs> outside of the court, uh, especially considering he didn't put him at five. It wasn't like a quick switch; it was like a drop in at four. Like, I think he might have just like. Forgot, honestly. But again, you never know. Katie, still fun fact, according to the Matt, uh, Matt Barnes, Stephen Jackson co-podcast, still has burner accounts. So he's a very interesting man. So it could be anything. But Kyrie I just, won. 
I just find it hard to believe that he leaves out the teammate he had played with the longest on that list. Yeah. To, to, when has he played with Kyrie? All star games? <laughs> He's played like, like 10 games with Kyrie. Man. I like he, I don't think Kyrie qualifies. Listen, I, he I, has I, to put Kyrie at one, or else the guy's taking two weeks off. Man, I'm sorry. I think. I think he could put Kobe on there from Team USA if he's do if he's putting Kyrie on there because they played the same amount of games together, like it, it, that's and then uh, Kyrie over Russ with how he when he's played with him should not be a debate. Russ was r- the peanut butter hit to his jelly and Kyrie had they being serious what fifteen Except games together in the Western Conference Finals. 15. That's not my problem. That's not that's not a debate for today. But I think Katie did it kind of on purpose. Like you can't you don't forget things like that. You played with the dude for nine years. Um, unless Katie was, you know, puffing that Mary Jane and he did not know where he was. You can't you can't remember Sergi Baca <laughs> and not Russell Westbrook. Well, Serge did serve him uh oh like the Eastern dragon test. Yeah, like African full penis over summer, so you never know. Yeah, and Russ served him uh, a thirty-game win streak. I think when they played together, so I, I, just frustrating. Everyone well, hates Russ. Katie does love the interactions. I, I know he loves to go on Twitter and just you know debate with anybody. So he knows by saying that he's going to get interactions and mentions. And I think he he lives for that. So nothing more. Not, I, think not he, rings. I think he did it perfect. Kind of like forgetting Russ, but then also he's, like covering his ass. Like, he's like, like, oh, he's four, not five. He's like. Oh, oh! I forgot Russ. Yeah, oh, totally. They no, I I think it was for the, you know, for the clicks and interactions. But uh, that's all for this halftime. What a joke! Well, that halftime wasn't a joke. That was, ooh, that was great. Uh, but thanks, like in, the, like, like in the intro. Um, speaking of LaFraud, we're gonna talk about the best villains in NBA history. Uh, in honor, like I said, of Jake Paul winning. Um, he's kind of embraced the villain role. And I don't like Jake Paul. I like when someone can do that. I like when they're like, yeah, everyone hates me. I like it. So best films in NBA history. Um, I like Josh's, so we're going to start with George. Oh, elite switch up there. Uh, I guess mine's not good, but I'll say it. Zaza Pachulia, uh, the biggest moment uh, of him being a villain is the 2017 Western Conference Finals when he basically intentionally took out Kawhi Leonard's uh, quad, ankle, whatever. He did that stupid closeout. He took like three extra steps and Kawhi gets injured, never comes back in. Spurs were up 20 as well. I think they might have had their number that series. Who knows? And then, you know, Kawhi leaves the next season to Toronto. Basically ended the Spurs dynasty as we knew it. So thanks, Zaza. And uh, another moment, whenever uh, the Thunder would come back to the Bay or vice versa, Zaza had it out for Russ for no reason. I, I don't know why. And he's trying to protect KD or something, but Dude would come over screens and just throw him to the ground, and I I hated it. I'm like, what what are you doing, Russ? My guy, I don't I don't know what you're doing. So that's what a fall from grace too, because they had to make a rule because he was getting voted into All Star games. They had to make the Zaza rule he- where like only, fans only counted for fifty percent. Like everyone, he was just a goofy looking. He was the Boban for a little bit. It's like the goofy looking guy that was Dude, like who else came for that? It, it wasn't even just the All Star thing. The you know, that closeout rule happened right after that. The landing space thing. He has more rules made from the Milt Chamberlain and Mike and MJ. The Zaza rules, not the Jordan rules. So that's my villain. Jordan rules. Good book. Jordan Mickey rules. Uh, it hit one a.m. and the Mickey jokes are flying everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. Uh, okay, so picture this. It's 1998. You're just right. getting over the grievance of your mother's loss. 
and you have to play a game on the day dedicated for mothers. Your opponent, a young high school stud with a loud mouth, and after he drops a cool double-double on you and in their victory, he says, Happy Mother's Day, bleep. So my my favorite villain is probably Kevin Garnett. There's like a 30-minute compilation of just things he said. And probably one of my favorite stories of it is when Doc Rivers brought Austin Rivers to a, a practice and Austin Rivers was cooking the starting lineup and then Kevin Garnett played him and Austin Rivers scored one on him and started talking trash and Garnett put him in a timeout. He beat him, he beat him like five to one and Doc Rivers kicked his own son out the gym because Kevin Garnett put the put the brakes on him. I, he he talks he just talks so much and he just has that hardcore attitude. He just headbutton people. He's like thirty nine and starting trying to start a fight with like other grown men. It's the funniest thing in the world. So great actor too. Oh, Mine yeah. is also a great actor. Um, he he's in a movie this summer, and I'm not talking about this year's LeBron. I'm talking about Miami LeBron when he. Like he 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 thought he really liked being the villain, and he was good at being being the villain that first year, and then he started doing like press runs and like started like donating to charity publicly and stuff like that um, in the 2012 season. But he he he, he yeah, Lobozo in the 2011 uh, <laughs> NBA season when he went to Miami, they held that like it wasn't a press conference, it not was like one. a like a Drake concert. They're like not one, not two, and he's like just having a good old time up there and then he scores eight in the finals and that that if twitter was around there <laughs> he would have been that would have been the start of labozo <laughs> um but yeah, he, yeah that yeah. one year miami lebron of 2011 he liked being the villain and like he didn't care what anybody thought and he lost and then he kind of switched up but that one year i really liked but i like kevin Garnett just because <laughs> like kevin Garnett didn't care who liked him like kevin Garnett was just cool just doing him yeah, he came in as a yeah. as a as a eighteen year old and was guarding Tim Duncan. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's so and he was funny. just out here running his mouth. Um, yeah, good answers there. Um, look ahead time, George. Do you remember? Yes, I have Milwaukee versus Phoenix, and Josh oh, straight kinda... to it. George <laughs> <laughs> forgets. I, I I did forget for a little bit, but uh, want to see how Milwaukee's defense specifically has, uh, will play against that backcourt of. Uh, CP3 and book because you know I've been concerned about their defensive uh, integrity a little bit lately so it should be fun Joshua so my game happens a little bit before George's uh, 430 ESPN Steph Curry will hopefully go a bit better in the plus minus spectrum than Kyrie Irving when they play Philadelphia <laughs> uh, Ben Simmons gets another crack at a top tier scoring point guard uh, and no center, so this wins on all spectrums. I get to watch Steph Curry shoot every shot, and I get to watch Draymond Green try to guard Joel Embiid. Oh, so no. That's, that's a, <laughs> two wins for me, in my opinion. So This is how game. you win. <laughs> exactly. Uh, th- this is how I win. The Pelicans need a W, all right? They really need one. They're three games out. They, they're on national TV. They're going to probably – so they're playing the Nets, 430 TNT Tuesday. Um, that was probably, gonna, took it. probably gonna be no KD. All right, shut your mouth. Probably gonna be no KD. Um, probably just Kyrie. Definitely no Harden. So I, no excuses here. Pelicans need should get this win. I don't see a way where they don't. If they don't get it, are we out, George? Are we out in the Pelicans? <sighs> well, possibly. I'll, I'll I'll have to see 
how the standings look beforehand, but it, I, I did want to choose that game because they were the team to stop Zion from his 50% so shooting streak. So uh, <laughs> I don't think I'll be out on them yet. If they ever, if they end up getting to five by like next week's Sunday podcast, I'll be out on them for sure. Like five games back. What about you, Josh? You still on the Pelicans bandwagon? <laughs> yeah, I'm off. I'm, I'm off. I'm off. Am I the only one on the bandwagon? The 14th seed. I think. I, I think I could say I confidently the Kings. I was gonna have a shot. I was making it as the Pelicans. It's zero. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for that game. I always gotta take the national TV Pelicans. TNT too. Their roots. TNT Pelicans. Um. That's going to do it for tonight's episode. Thanks for watching or listening. If you like our show, make sure to follow us at TH Hoopers and send Twitter. Um, just get some interactions going. Uh, we, George is, I think George posted on Twitter again. I, I did. Dr- <laughs> drop a Lobozo or a La Mickey Mouse or something. I don't know. <laughs> drop something to get his attention. He's never come back without his phone. I'm going to have to try and ratio someone on a post in order to get more interactions for Twitter. I'm going to have to pray to God that I don't hop on Twitter and THUbers is tweeting at NBA Mary <laughs> and Hannah Hoops. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go say a, say a prayer right now. But, uh, yeah, thanks, thanks for being an OG, and uh, take care, everyone.